Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With your host, Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Scott and Mike and their versatility bring new light to many topics in and out of the world of fantasy sports. Guests can reach the show by calling 347-324-5404. Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. Let's hope they're still friends afterwards. Here they are, Scott and Mike. Here we go, here we go, here we go, Mike. It is episode 261 of Red vs. Blue. I'm Scott Atkins, Team Legacy in the world of high-stakes fantasy football. As always, joined by the Big Blue co-host from Brandenburg, Kentucky, Michael Trent. Mikey, uh, Red vs. Blue, episode 261. And drafts all across America, if they haven't had them yet, they're this weekend. Sorry, Scott, you're breaking did I lose you? No, I'm with you. I'm with you. You okay? Okay. I said, uh, yeah, it's episode 261. Uh, drafts are happening all across America, and if it hasn't happened yet, it's happening this weekend. Yeah, absolutely, Scott. Uh, it's hard to believe, episode 261. Unbelievable. Uh, but this, this is a uh, exciting time uh, for everyone involved in uh, mid-stakes, high-stakes, uh, local leagues. I mean, it's it's now or never, you know. It's now or never. It's time to it's time to really get it done uh, and uh, figure out who you want and uh, who you want, where you want to take them, and and move forward. So uh, it, it's exciting time. And plus, for uh, for you guys in Vegas, and uh, I'm not going to be able to make it this year, but it's going to be a fun time for the, the high stakes in Vegas and even the mid stakes in Vegas. Uh, thank you, everybody, for being here. The chat room, the crew, some of the best minds in the world of high-stakes fantasy football. If I'm having audio problems, please do let me know in the chat so we can get those ter- corrected. We have a couple of things we can do for that. Uh, this episode is sponsored by Hornitos Tequila, Mike. Uh, take a bottle of Hornitos Plata and help you get through those tough picks in your draft. 
Hornitos Plata, the unofficial sponsor of the Red vs. Blue show and your Hornitos Draft Party. Make sure you use the hashtag Hornitos Draft Party uh, if, you, if you pick up a bottle. Okay, Mike, uh, the Fantasy Football World Championships is going on. Uh, we have the Roto Bowl drafts going on for the Mid-States game uh, and the $35 Scout Leagues. We've got lots of stuff going on, but it is. The World Championships kicked off on Sunday. The first live draft happens on Wednesday night, the Emil Cadillac Invitational Draft, uh, the Emil Cadillac Early Bird, Wednesday night at the Mirage inside the Nassau boardroom, Mike. It's a pretty amazing-looking right. place to be holding a yep. draft. We're just so excited to be uh, – look, we fly out on Tuesday. We get there. And uh, it's going to be a great time for everybody that comes out to enjoy the festivities, the drafts. It's memorable, Mike. Years ago, 261 episodes ago, matter of fact, you and I were leaving <laughs> Chicago in the National Fantasy Football Championship drafts. And we said, wow, wouldn't it be cool if we, if we started taking this hobby of ours and we took it to the airwaves and we did a show. And sure enough, here we are, 261 yeah. episodes later, Red versus Blue. Yeah, you know what, uh, it's very touching. I, you know, I don't want to get sentimental, but uh, it really is, Scott, uh, to think that uh, fantasy football has evolved into this. And, uh, you know, we were going up to Chicago for one of their events at the uh, National Fantasy Football uh, Championship. And to think that right now that uh, 261 episodes later, we're still talking about the passion, the game, and the you know the things we love and it's so awesome scott and you know i just i just can't thank you enough but i mean 261 let's let's just keep it rolling bub yeah we plan to look everybody is uh is having a great time in the in the roto bowl and in the world championship drafts it's an 11 man starting lineup the wide receivers are going crazy if you haven't noticed it already if you have a plan i want to talk to you about that plan tonight because this is what happened yep. to me and I think we can all relate to what we're going to talk about tonight, and that's the on-the-clock decisions. Look, all year long, you've, wrote, you've written your cheat sheets, you've tweaked your rankings, you've built your tiers. However you do it, you've been doing it, and you've been pouring it, blood, sweat, and tears into your team and your, the guys that you're kind of high on. But by the time the draft gets here, you know you're not going to get those guys. You know you're not going to get all those guys. It's just where in the draft you have to let it come to you. You have to kind of absorb everything that goes on and take all the information in so that you can make the best pick possible when you're on the clock and when you're faced with certain decisions. So case in point, Mike, I'll give you a, a rundown of what happened to me last night in the NFFC Classic, 14 teamers. I can't play in the FFWC, right? I can't play in the format right. that I love here. Uh, but, but what started it all was the NFFC Classic for me. You know, 14 teamers. Yeah, the 14-teamer went for us in Chicago. So Giovanni yep. Bernard was there at the 12 pick. I, I drew the 12 pick. They do third-round reversal, so it obviously caters toward the end of the draft. I, I was looking at Giovanni Bernard or Monty Ball, and you know how high I've been on Giovanni Bernard, Mike, and, and I didn't want yep. to start off my draft with a guy like Monty Ball, who I haven't said two words about this year. I know he's, he's going to be good. It's just not the guy that I've been targeting, right? I've been targeting Giovanni Bernard. I think he could be the best back. No matter if Jeremy Hill gets those carries or not, I, statistically I think Jeremy Hill will get close to 200 carries, and we've, we've been predicting that for all season. We said that Ben Jarvis Greenells wouldn't make the cuts. He did not. He's gone. So it's Giovanni yep. Bernard and Jeremy Hill. And, and, again, I've predicted that Jeremy Hill could get that 200 carries, and Giovanni Bernard could still get 275 touches, right? 
If if Geo yep. gets 225 carries and he can he can get you 70 catches with that kind of production out of Giovanni Bernard as an explosive electric guy, he's a he can be a top five back. And so I'm happy to take Geo Bernard and leave Monty Ball to somebody else who was actually Chad Schroeder. Uh, I, I'm I'm okay with li- leaving Monty Ball to somebody else, and I'll take Giovanni Bernard. Who went after Gio? Uh, well, wide receivers were still uh, hot and heavy too. So you, uh, it went. Julie, it was Julio Jones. Julio Jones, another player that I'm extremely high on. But again, hmm. I know around the wraparound, around the turn there at two three, I know I can get one of those wide receivers. But I knew with Demarco already being gone, Eddie Lacy already being gone. It's Geo or Monty Ball. That's it. You know, you're not you're not going to reach for Ellington. Okay. You're not going right. to go for Doug Martin just there. Le'Veon Bell has kind of fell out of love with a lot of a lot of people, and not for me as much. I will talk about Le'Veon Bell here in a minute, but it's either Geo or Ball for me, and then I'll take one of those wide receivers yeah. that I can get on the way back, whether it be Antonio Brown, Jordy Nelson. I'm so, perfectly cool with that. So Demarco went before Geo. Demarco went one spot before Geo. That's right. Yep. Uh, and look, I'm getting some feedback in the chat room. Wayne Ellis says, "Ouch!" So you will pass on a 300 plus touch guy for a timeshare guy. I tell you what, I like Monty Ball, and I think they will give him carries. But again, we haven't seen a huge workload from him yet, and so we are all, Uh-oh. as fantasy pundits, we're speculating that Monty Ball will be the main guy. Uh, but you know how Denver is. You know, they just uh, it just seems like there's always okay. a surprise. Remember, Moreno was not supposed to be the guy until he was the guy week one. He was the guy. <laughs> you know? uh, yep. So I just have that, I have that stigma about, um, about taking Monty Ball there. But, I, look, I don't blame anybody for taking Ball or Gio. I just didn't want to go into my draft, again, with my rankings and all the research that I had done, taking the guy that I haven't been pumping up this year, and I've been pumping up Gio. So I, I started off with Gio. Let's move so, on to uh, the second round. Second round, yeah, it what. went uh, AJ Green, Jordy Nelson. The first two picks off. Now, I, w- I love Jordy. I was w- I was targeting Jordy, and so now Antonio Brown sitting there staring at me. But you know who else was also staring at me? And somebody that I really, again, especially in the fourteen teamers, I don't like to build my team around because it's hard. Jimmy Graham was still sitting there at two three in a fourteen teamer. It was impossible yeah. to pass up. It was impossible to pass up. Even though I know it makes it tough on me when I'm building my team, I'm looking at my guys and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to throw. I had no idea. I did not expect G- Jimmy Graham to be there at 2-3. I just, it just usually doesn't happen. And what's so I threw the, my plan uh, out what, the window the, and I took Jimmy. What's the point for reception on the uh, tight end? Everything yep. same? Yep, okay. everything same, yep. But it's okay. Jimmy Graham, you know. I mean, look, he, it's a guy that you can block in your line league, and you, you're definitely, uh, you know, the odds are with you in Vegas if he's going to score a touchdown or not. I like those odds every week on Sunday. I can, I can lock it. Is Jimmy Graham going to score a touchdown? Odds in Vegas would say yes every single week. Yep. Odds in Vegas will yep. say yes. So I like, so I like to have that. So I, I went with Jimmy Graham, uh, and I, and again, Antonio Brown was the one guy that was tugging at me over Cobb, over Jeffrey. It was Antonio Brown. I really would like to have, have liked to have gotten Antonio Brown there. What an explosive player he would be to start your draft. So if Graham wasn't wouldn't have been there, I would have taken Antonio Brown. So everything's fine. We're on the clock. It's three three now. Re- third round reversal. I come back. Time to load up all, on wide receiver, right? My my targets are gone. The Roddy White went at two fourteen. This is a fourteen teamer. Remember. Um, thankfully, right. Drew Brees went. That was out of the way. Uh, no other tight ends went. 
Rob Gronkowski had went, and then at three two, Rob Gronkowski went one pick in front of me. Think you know that left another wide receiver to fall. But all the wide receivers, Andre Johnson even went at three one. So here I am on the clock, and I'm looking at my rankings. I'm looking at my rankings, and the highest rated wide receiver on my board is Michael Floyd. Keenan Allen was Keenan Allen was gone in the second round. I'll just tell you that. Damn. Damn. The highest okay. rated wide receiver on my board was Michael Floyd. I also had Cordarell Patterson rated uh, there as well. So I'm thinking, okay, my wide receiver one is going to be Floyd or Patterson. But as I'm on the clock and I'm letting that clock dwindle, thinking about which one is going to be my anchor wide receiver, I look down at my list two spots later, and I see Larry Fitzgerald. And all season long, I've told myself, Michael Floyd's going to outperform Larry Fitzgerald this year. I've said it. How many times have I said it? We, we named Michael Floyd our breakout yep. player of the year. And so when, I, when push comes to shove, I'm asking myself, okay, if I'm in Vegas, and I had to put my house on one of these players, and I said, which one is going to perform more fantasy points, which way would I go? And I guess I, guess I say to myself that – I would bet on Larry Fitzgerald before I bet on Michael Floyd. So all season, all off season in the summertime, I've been pimping Michael Floyd. And I've been saying that he's the breakout player, and he is, and I, and I do believe in that still. I, I love his talent. I think he's awesome. I, I watched him in Notre Dame. I was, fell in love with the guy then. But when push came to shove, and I had to put my chips in and go all in, I couldn't do it. So I, I've been fluffing around and dancing around saying Michael Floyd will outperform Larry Fitzgerald, but when the chips are on the table – I'm, I'm the serious guy in me, says Larry Fitzgerald. So the, the fun guy that likes to have fun and make bold predictions and things like that would say Michael Floyd's going to outperform Larry Fitzgerald. But the, the serious high-stakes player in me took Larry Fitzgerald. Well, you know what? I, I would – I guess you're going with the old guy. I don't know. I, I, would, just, I would just go with Floyd. I mean, Floyd, Floyd is the man uh, – in my opinion, so that that would have been my pick. But uh, you, you know, I think this offense could be very explosive. So uh, either one can uh, can work out fine. Well, I kind of knew at the end of the day, that in a fourteen teamer, I needed an anchor. I needed an anchor, and I didn't feel like taking my shot with my wide receiver one. But that's the that's the unfortunate situation I'm in. At three three in a fourteen teamer, you're already down to wide receiver like fourteen. On the board, you know, there's right. already 13 of them gone because I went the Jimmy Graham Geo route, right? Yeah, yeah, you better uh, make a good decision right then yeah. and there. Yeah. So now, look, if I had it to do over again, could I have taken Julio, Jimmy Graham, and then maybe come back and taken uh, Le'Veon Bell? I probably would have felt better about that. Julio, Jimmy Graham, Le'Veon Bell versus Geo, Jimmy Graham, Larry Fitzgerald. I will, I will ask the chat room that which which one of those they like. Do they like the Julio Graham Bell? or the Geo Graham Fitzgerald? Uh, I will ask the chat room that. Okay, so, so that tells you that no matter what you thought in your rankings, when push comes to shove, how do you react while you're on the clock? And, and again, situationally, if it was my wide receiver two, Mike, I guarantee you I would have taken Michael Floyd. But as my wide receiver one, my anchor, it couldn't be Floyd. It had to be Fitz. That's just the way my brain works. Four, four, twelve comes along. Lots of wide receivers go. I mean, lots of them. We're talking the entire tier. Corderell, Edelman, Harvin, D-Jax, Torrey Smith. My flavor of the month now, Emmanuel Sanders uh, went. Mike Wallace is even gone. 
And then it wow. went Matthews, Morris, Gore. So I'm sitting on the clock with those three guys, and hmm. I have to decide between uh, Hilton, Macklin, Rashad Jennings. Those are kind of the guys that I'm, I'm looking at. Hilton, Ooh. Macklin, Rashad Jennings. And that's the, that's the decision I was faced with. Mike, what would you have done? Well, you know, that's not a – honestly, that's not a bad decision. Uh, I would probably go with the, uh, the sure thing because the sure thing, in my opinion, would be Rashad Jennings because the way, uh, the, way the Giants' passing situation looks, it doesn't look very good. The running situation doesn't look too bad. So I, I think I would go with uh, Rashad Jennings in that situation. I love Rashad Jennings. And Dennis Berman, uh, Berman in, the, uh, in the chat room, Burnham, sorry, he agrees with you, and he says Jennings as well. And if I was going to take a running back, I would have taken Jennings there. I think that's a gift at the end of the fourth in a fourth round, definitely a gift. If I would have had two wide receivers on the board and had I not taken Jimmy Graham in the second, I would have taken Jennings. But in the NFFC – I feel like, and I'd love to hear Wayne Ellis's opinion because I really respect Wayne's game in the NFFC. Huh. Yep, he says he says Jennings too. Huh? Uh, I figured I, that I needed to fi- keep firing at wide receivers. It's a three. You have to start at least well, three, if not four. I know. I know, week. Scott. Right, but but I've been through uh, the last, uh, and I know uh, you know that fourteen teamer we talked about about yeah. it for years and years. That's a tough code to crack. But the one thing about it is, uh, whether it's 14 teams or 12 teams, I have, I mean, I've gone through two really nice drafts that uh, wide receivers, they're available. I mean, they keep on being available in round six, seven, eight, nine, ten. So, yeah. you know, I, you know, it's just, it depends on your, your preference. Yeah, well, look, the seventh-round wide receivers, I'll just jump ahead. The seventh-round wide receivers were Wheaton, Jordan, Matthews, and Watkins. Uh, the eighth-round receivers were Boykin, Steve Smith, and Hakeem Nix. Maybe I could count on those guys for my wide receiver four, but I don't want them as my wide receiver three. So I figured, you know what, I'm going to go T.Y. Hilton. I love the love his game. I'm, I'm very high on T.Y. I would have taken him over Mike Wallace, over Torrey Smith, over Deshaun Jackson, uh, the way you're going to see T.Y. Hilton used this year with Andrew Luck is going to absolutely blow your mind. These these routes that go across the middle, he's going to be two or three steps away from the closest defender by the time he has the ball, and he's going to run you know in wide open space with it. They're going to use Hilton all over the field. They tried to they wanted to do that with Reggie Wayne last year, but then he, you know he just really they were going to use Reggie all over the field. They're going to use T.Y. like that this year uh, and kind of step into that role. So I'm I'm really excited to see Hilton uh, and Luck connect this year and be the man but we'll we'll see if his game if he's able to elevate and take that next step mike he had good numbers last year very respectable numbers we saw him in the playoffs look absolutely fantastic but in a second year for a receiver 82 receptions a thousand yards five touchdowns i think this is the year they're going to let andrew luck go they're gonna they they know they have an aaron Rodgers on their hands now i think they're going to let him go and so i'm i'm really bullish on the the Colt wide receivers, the tight end, Dwayne Allen, uh, the wide receiver, T.Y. Exactly. Hilton, those, those are the two that I'm targeting uh, primarily in hopes that, in anticipation, that they really let luck go. And 82 catches in your, in your sophomore year, man, that is an awesome, awesome stat line for T.Y. Yeah, Hilton. And I, and I think you know, he can even get better. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree there, Scott. I think they will let uh, luck go. Uh, I hope the offensive line is good enough uh, to uh, protect him. And I hope that, uh, you know, just 
get a little run about help just every once in a while. That doesn't have to be all the time. Just you know, just a, a run here, run there. Uh, because if that doesn't happen, then Luck's going to be on his ass for quite some time. Yeah, let's hope not. Uh, okay, fifth round comes around again. I think I'm just sharing these decisions with you guys because I do have players I want to talk about, but I think these players have some relevance in what you're going to be doing this weekend or in your drafts next week. Uh, the, the next pick comes along. Again, I have two wide receivers now, one tight end stud, one running back, Giovanni Bernard. I have to start three wide receivers. I have to start two running backs. Quarterbacks get six points per touchdown. I could be thinking about a quarterback now, but I, I'm looking at what's on the board. Macklin goes. Rashad Jennings goes. Colston goes. Ray Rice goes. I'm sitting there now with a wide receiver options in Eric Decker, Kendall Wright, Wes Welker, Golden Tate. And then the little bit of a flyer looks down on my list, and I also see Brandon Cooks, and I'm like, oh, man, I just can't. I just, I just can't uh, take that kind of a shot right now, but I'm thinking about it. You know, I'm just I'm, – I'm feeling it out. And, and there are running backs here. If you wanted to look running back, it's Joyke Bell and Trent Richardson, and I'm thinking about Joyke Bell a little bit. I'm like, well, I, got, I have two wide receivers, and I have a – but I think since I've waited on running back, I might as well just continue to wait, wait and fire away, get my wide receiver three – on the board. Uh, in the chat room, we have Wayne Ellis that says Kendall Wright. He says that pretty That's quickly. Me. That's me. Pickin, That's me. That's me. Bass says Golden Tate. Dennis Burnham says Wright, Wright or Welker. Kicking Bass says Tate. Uh, Bright Side of Life says Wright or Tate. Uh, Dennis Burnham says I love Bell. Bell is good, though, too. Okay, so it's pretty, it's pretty split right now. And in the NFFC, again, I succumb to the wide receiver theory that I, I'm thinking, you know what, I'm just going to piece together my RB2. I'll figure that out later. I want solid starters at my wide receiver position, and I chose Kendall Wright. He's not a guy that I'm – Perfect. He's not a guy that I'm ecstatic about, but I think it's a very wow. safe – it's a safe move as my wide receiver three with – look, he's, he's, he's got the he's, – he had 96, 94 catches last year. Will that number – stay in that ballpark, I think it will. I think that's the way they like to use him as a high-volume catch guy, not really a game-breaking guy like Justin Hunter is, right? Justin Hunter is the guy to right. catch the bombs, uh, you know, like Torrey Smith does. Kendall Wright's the guy to move the chains. And to, yeah, you're, you're, you're going to get uh, you're going to get four, five, six uh, every, every Sunday. Wayne says 94 catches with possible touchdown progression. That would be nice. Yeah, two touchdowns. It can't get a lot worse for Kendall Wright in touchdowns. And and look, we've we've said this every we say this all the time on Red versus Blue. Touchdowns are very unpredictable. Going from two touchdowns to eight touchdowns isn't that difficult when you're catching ninety four balls, right? Yeah. We saw D'Angelo yep. Williams with two hundred and fifty carries go from like twenty touchdowns in one season to like five. So you know, again, every we, we, we know this is how it works. Touchdowns are kind of unpredictable and rather uh, I don't. I don't see Kendall Wright getting eight touchdowns in that offense. Uh, I don't. I don't think that, you know, all of a sudden, this offense is going to be that kind of uh, explosive. But I think there are some elements there to like about it. I think Bishop Sankey will open things up a little bit. Hunter is definitely a big play guy. McCluster adding to this offense brings an extra dimension. And Delaney Walker's safe and solid. So I think the offense does have some reason to be optimistic. Uh, but again, over some of those other options, I also, I also uh, look. I love Golden Tate. I think he's a great option this year. I, I can't fault anybody for taking Golden Tate in that offense because they've needed a wide receiver too there. And I called Golden Tate last year as the breakout, but I think this year 
is a is a much better opportunity for him. But look, in four years, the most catches he had were sixty four. So, you know, looking yeah. at what looking at what Kendall Wright did last year already, uh, a ninety four catch guy in his second season, I'll I'll go ahead and take that. Okay. So now we have three wide receivers, one running back, and one tight end, and we're going to pray that we can get something at a running back, too. Otherwise, we're going to completely fall apart. Uh, So here we go. I got you. At the end of the sixth round, uh, the running running backs that I miss out on are Joyke Bell, Trent Richardson, Chris Johnson, and Ben Tate. So I'm back on the clock at 6-12. And, Mike, the running backs that are there are Pierre Thomas, Lamar Miller, Fred Jackson, Bishop Sankey, Stephen Jackson. I'm not feeling it. I'm just not I'm not yeah. feeling it, right? So I'm like, well, I look at the and this is why I love to play the guys on the side of me. Anytime I'm at the twelve pick, I can look at the thirteen and fourteen, the teams that are in thirteen and fourteen, and see what they have. And I'm looking at teams thirteen and fourteen and I'm like, well, you know what? I I'm I'm not real sure. Are they going to take a running back here? I, I think that uh, Team 14 already has two running backs, Team 13. I think I can go ahead and safely, since none of those guys are really standing out, I kind of like Sankey a little bit more. I, I'm going to go ahead and get another wide receiver. So my wide receiver options were Wheaton, Watkins, and DeAndre Hopkins. And you know by now, Mike, the guy that I'm totally fanatical about yes. is DeAndre yeah, Hopkins. I do. Yeah, so I know. I, I know. Get, uh, but you could wait on DeAndre. You could you, maybe you could wait on DeAndre at that point. Maybe it's the end of the sixth in a fourteen teamer. I usually take him in the seventh, early eighth in a in a twelve teamer. Now Wayne's saying Watkins in the chat room, and I don't disagree with that. But I had just read about the ribs. I'm thinking about EJ Manuel. I'm I've got a lot of questions about Watkins. about Watkins. Aren't you aren't you scared of Watkins a little bit? Not his yeah, talent. Yeah. I mean, dynasty wise, we, he's through the roof. But aren't you scared of how he's going to fit into the offense? And is EJ Manuel going to be enough to find him and make him a threat? Yeah, exactly, Scott. You know, in Kentucky, I took Sammy. I took Sammy in the sixth round. I was drafting out of the nine hole, and I took Sammy Watkins in the sixth round. Sixth, and you know that's fairly early, and I got a lot of confidence, but I don't really like the way, what I'm seeing now these preseason games. I mean, I know they're preseason, but it's kind of scary, Wayne. So, uh, you know, I, I would kind of lay off of him just a little bit. Uh, but, uh, you know, what you're going through right now, uh, Bishop uh, Bishop Sankey, and, uh, you know, I don't know. I would lay That's off you uh, I would lay okay. off Sammy. Okay. You know what? The one thing I do look when I watch when I've watched Sammy Watkins in the preseason, just the limited that I have, I'm like, oh man, he would be fun to own in your fantasy league. You know, just because of how awesome that kid can be. Uh, but he's a rookie, and he's in there in a terrible offense. It might mean that he they're they're forced to just use him a lot, which might be fun, right? Uh, right. It, but but again, I'm very high on DeAndre Hopkins, and somebody in the chat room is talking about who's throwing to Hopkins. I am yeah. Could be ugly in Houston this year. Okay, point taken. But Ryan Fitzpatrick is a is a veteran in this league. Smart guy too from Harvard, right? Uh, and a 24 touchdowns in 2012. He threw 500 attempts, completed 60 percent of those balls for 3,400 yards. He's had his fair share of uh, of, of touchdowns to Steve Johnson, to Scott Chandler, 
to Fred Jackson to the you know the Buffalo Bills that we've you know he made Steve Johnson look pretty darn good for a while there. Don't you? Don't, I mean, everybody remembers Stevie Johnson, right? Uh, that oh was, yeah. That was Fitzpatrick throwing him the ball, so I'm not concerned at all. The one thing that DeAndre Hopkins has going for him, and again, 52 receptions in his rookie season with terrible quarterbacks last year. You want to talk about quarterbacks? Who did they have last year? Yates. Yates was his yeah. quarterback, wasn't it? And a banged up Schaub. I mean, and and some other guys. So. Hopkins, 52 catches and a, and a in his freshman year. And a can't even win the starting job in Oakland, the way it seems. Yeah. So I, I'm really, uh, I think, and, and again, DeAndre's another guy, low touchdown guy, but in college, that's what he did. He caught touchdowns. He was very good at it. Uh, he's a great red zone threat. They could definitely use a red zone threat like him. Andre's never been much of a red zone threat ever. Really ever. If you look at his statistics, he, no. he's, not, he's, not, he's not a red zone threat guy. And, you know, he's well, winding down his career, too. So I don't see his per touchdowns necessarily progressing uh, over that four or five range that they've been the last couple of years. Right. And the one thing about DeAndre Hopkins is uh, he's got a nose for the ball. The guy just, I mean, he wants the ball and he's going to get it. So uh, he, you know, we talk about upside and this and that. This guy's got upside big time. And uh, I've always loved DeAndre. All right, so that's so that's what I did. I just want to I went ahead and locked in my four. I could have I could have definitely went uh, Watkins there, but I went Hopkins. Came back around. Bishop Sankey was still there, so I locked in my RB two with Bishop Sankey. And look, will he be an RB two? We don't know yet. We don't know how that's going to shake out with Sean Green and Dexter McCluster yet. I don't know exactly what what that's going to be, but I I'm planning on figuring that out hopefully quickly. Uh, I did back him up with Dexter McCluster later in the 10th. Uh, in the 8th, I took Darren Sproles. He's another one of my target guys later in the draft. Carlos Hyde had just went, but Darren Sproles was the guy that I was really after because Hyde represents a huge upside in these contests, in these big contests. And if Gore has an injury, Hyde can be very explosive and win yeah, you a championship. Sure. But if Gore doesn't, if Gore stays healthy, like you know he's proven he can do in the past. Hyde may not get much, you know, get get very involved. At most, maybe a 50-50 split with Gore. So I'm a little bit worried about that. With Sproles, you know, you've got the big play potential. You have the receptions. And with a McCoy injury, does everybody agree in the chat room if there's a McCoy injury that Sproles becomes a monster? Or are we are we maybe on the side on the fence on that? Mike, what do you what do you say? No, I, I think I think Sproles becomes a monster, but he's not going to be on uh, all alone. I mean, there's going to be other ones involved. Uh, somebody's saying uh, they love Mark Ingram in the chat room. Dennis, uh, where did Mark Ingram fall? He was there after Sankey as well. I could have taken uh, him over Sankey, but he was gone by the time I took Sproles. When I took Mark Sproles, Ingram. it was only it was only Sproles, Ridley, Woodhead. Woodhead was a guy that I considered as well, but I figured, you know what? They bring in Donald Brown to kind of split into and cut into Woodhead's production there a little bit. I think Sproles has that. You know, if anything goes wrong with McCoy this year. Eagles fans are really going to attach themselves to Darren Sproles because he's going to still make plays. So I'm yeah, piecing and, together the RBCs you know, at this point. Well, I mean, I just want to touch on real quick. It makes you really feel uneasy because uh, I'm hearing a lot of chit-chat in uh, every show I listen to and uh, talking with you, Scott, if something goes wrong with McCoy. Uh, yeah. You know, it's a, it's a safer play, Jamal Charles. As, you, as your number one overall? No, Or no, is it Adrian no. Peterson? 
No, no. If you're listening to this show, no. Uh, Jamal Charles is not the safer play. Strength of schedule comes into play, offensive line issues, and obviously they both have – I mean, he has more of an injury risk than LaShawn McCoy. I just have one of those feelings. You know, it's like a Scooby sense. It's like a, a Spidey sense or something. You know, I just have this feeling that McCoy, if something – you know, there's something there that, you know, you bring in Darren Sproles, and it just it's just, man, okay. It could be just insurance policy. You know, and that's probably all it is. It is just an insurance policy, and they are going to use him. They're going to try to use him and, and make up for some of the catches that Deshaun Jackson's not there to, to, to make up for. Uh, so Sproles will be involved regardless if there's a McCoy injury. So I kind of like that, and that's, that's kind of why I plugged him in. I will be starting Darren Sproles very likely over Bishop Sankey week one until we see what we have with Sankey. And that's, the, that's what you do in drafts. Yes, Don't yeah, chase a position yeah. – don't chase a position and grab a guy that you don't like. Make your strength stronger, guys. When you're on the clock and you're short out of position, and it's very hard in a 14-teamer to really like your team anyway. And Wayne can attest to that. He's a veteran of 14s, right, in the past. I don't know if you still play him, Wayne. But it's hard to like your entire team. And so I, I'm, I'm like, you know what, don't chase a position. Just you'll figure it out. And, you know, you'll figure out that RB2 position. But I'm going to lock in my four wide receivers every week. And I'm on a roll with that. And, again, you haven't heard me say anything about a quarterback. That's because I don't typically draft a quarterback early. I would have taken maybe an Andrew Luck if they were available, you know, at but some point maybe uh, in that 6-7 range. But I, but I didn't want to have to do that. He was gone, thankfully. In the 11th round, my man Roethlisberger had, was taking one pick in front of me. So uh, when, I, when, I dis, when I chose to back up Bishop Sankey, with Dexter McCluster or lock it lock in that combo a little bit, I I risked the fact that I knew the 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 team in the 13 hole did not have a quarterback, and I just said, you know what, there's enough of them here that even if I miss him, I'm gonna be okay. And remember, guys, in the middle right. of the draft, don't forget if you're near the turn, look at Watch what you're the other doing. Teams. Make sure, yeah, put a little arrow yeah. on your laptop or put a little arrow on your yep. cheat sheet. Looking if you're in the 10 spot, look at what the guy 11 and 12 is before you get locked into your pick. Because the guy, yep. in, the guy in 14 already had Tom Brady. He was not going to take a quarterback. And the guy in, in 13, right. if he had had a quarterback, no worries at all. I'm not taking one right now. I'm going to take something that right. they need. Then I'll come back and get the quarterback. Just remember to do that. So I missed out on Big Ben. Unfortunately, my combo uh, ended up being Cam Newton and Phillip Rivers. And you know what? At the end, where I took those guys in the 11th and 12th round, Cam Newton and Phillip Rivers, I'll take that. I think Rivers is a little underrated. He had a great season last year. I, I think people still feel like he's Philip Rivers from years past. Philip Rivers from I, last year was a very productive 4,400 yards, 32 <laughs> touchdown kind of guy. Well, you, the one thing about Philip Rivers is he's going to connect with Keenan Allen and uh, Daniel Head. He's going to get it out of the backfield. Uh, but the point you brought up, Scott, uh, just to bring it back about looking at, uh, you know, when you get into, into these late rounds. If if a lot of other teams had those quarterbacks, then why do it? You know, you, you you still have to keep your pulse on what's going on around you. Don't just be so mesmerized in what's going on with your team. Uh, be be mindful of what's going on, on around you. I am bummed though, and Bright Side of Life has it. He said Ben would have been much sweeter too. Yeah, and I and I nailed Ben. What didn't I get Ben in all three of the Kentucky drafts? By the way, quick comment, Farrell Elliott at the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship. Bravo, sir. Bravo. Job well done in Kentucky. Yes, Absolutely sir. fantastic time. I was working the whole time, but at the same time, I was surrounded by fantasy football addicts. Bunch just of like cheerleaders. Me. It's, the, 
it's the best experience uh, for a live draft, the closest you'll ever get to Vegas and not going. If you're anywhere near the Midwest, you've got to go. It's just great, Mike. He packs all the drafts yeah. into those two days, and it's not like it's not like you know how the how the main events have evolved here with the FFWC and the and the FFPC and everybody. You know, every way they spread them out over online and live. You know, it's and most for the most part, it's all it's it's everybody's in the live event and it's cool. Tables everywhere, drafts going on everywhere. Well, yeah, exactly, Scott. He packs it in, and uh, and everybody continues to come back from uh, Wisconsin, from St. Louis, uh, from Florida. Uh, from Indianapolis, you know, I mean, you know, I keep seeing the same people over and over again, the yeah, same yeah, friends. It's good. And and that's, good. That, that means a lot. So I missed out on my guy, Jay Cutler, by one pick. He went one pick in front of Bishop Sankey. I would have probably taken Cutler because he's my guy. Cuddy, I've, I've, I named him our top – we named him at, at Toolbox our top uh, top five quarterback this year. We still firmly believe oh, that. Good. With, good. <laughs> I mean, look, with the weapons he has, no matter if you love him or hate him, if he can stay up. No, I got can... him. I got him in Bowling Green at Harvard's contest, and I, I love him. I freaking love him. Well, yeah, you got to you got to you got to get uh, get you some Jay Cuddy this year if you can at any at any way because he usually goes pretty late. And look, the 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 gambler in me, the riverboat gambler, would have taken a Cutler there in the seventh, a Carlos Hyde in the eighth, some really high, flashy upside guys that could be very low floor, very high ceiling kind of guys. But I'm just, I remember in these fourteen teamers, if I've learned anything, you got to have guys that you can actually plug in and play in your lineup. Otherwise, you're going to be toast when other when other guys are actually starting starters on you, and you're sitting there with all these upside handcuffed running backs that just aren't seeing the field. They're great. When an emergency happens, it's nice to have one, but the, it's just it's just one of those things, man. You got to have a balancing act of your upside guys and your guys that will actually produce. Don't go too dynasty crazy in your drafts. Don't go just and and I'm, and I'm talking to the guys who are, who are trying to find that balance. You're trying to win the whole thing, but you're also trying to win your league. And and I yep. would tell you that all of the high stakes veterans that I know will tell you one thing unequivocally. You're there to win your league, period. That's it. Yes. Everything else yes. is icing on the cake. If you win your league, then you can talk about maybe winning something, and yep. it's, it's going to be a hopeful time. But you try to win your league. Don't go for broke with a bunch of guys. You know, you, by the time you look down at your draft, you got Jeremy Hill. you got Carlos Hyde. Um, you have Mike Evans. Uh, you you know you're sitting there really drafting everybody Brandon Cooks everybody for upside and before you know it you don't have really anything that you can plug in week to week to count on you might have a big week here and there because in Draftmaster formats that's great but you need that every week performance and and Ian Ritchie one of the top five players in the world he's always been great they've won multiple times had like two top five finishes in the world championship when it first began he always would just tell you look I'm just trying to lock in my 12 to 14 points yeah. I'm trying to make sure that every guy that I draft, I can lock right. in my 14 points because if I start 10 guys, I'm going to 140, and some of those guys will have 20-point days. But if and if I can make sure they're getting my 14 points, I'm going to have 140 to 160. That's going to put me into the that's going to put me into the dance. It's going to put me in the championship right. round, and I'm going to cash in my league. Right. Yeah. All right. right. I mean, uh, exactly. Uh, you, you want to be in position after week 11. Hey, I feel good about things, and let's move on. Again, this episode is sponsored by Hornitos Tequila. I haven't even tried the stuff yet. They sent me a bottle the other day, and uh, the, it's a bottle of Hornitos Plata. Help you get you through those tough picks in the draft. Great for a draft party. If you get one, make sure you use the hashtag Hornitos Draft Party. Okay. 
So now we've talked about that draft. Let's talk about some of the other guys that are out there that people are trying to figure out what to do with. By the way, the rankings at Toolbox, we update those only when we need an update. So they haven't been updated since last night. We haven't had any updates today, uh, although we will update uh, probably here uh, the Connor Barth situation. We'll probably pop him out of there since he's no longer the kicker. you got to watch your kicker stuff, right, uh, if you were planning on drafting him. Hopefully you weren't. Uh, we had him like 25th on our rankings anyway, so unless you're in a very deep, deep league, you were not worried about Connor Barth. Uh, guys that are rising up our rankings, Demarius Thomas is closing the gap on Calvin Johnson as the number one wide receiver overall, Mike. Uh, it's interesting to see that uh, you can be in a situation where Calvin Johnson is not the first wide receiver drafted in your league this year, and I can't fault anybody for passing on a Matt Forte or an Adrian Peterson and taking either Demarius or Calvin. What do you think about that? You know what? I, I, I got to think Calvin is going to be the first uh, first guy taken off the board. He's got, he, he almost has to be. I mean, if it was in my opinion, I would take him. Uh, but Demarius is, uh, I think he's creeping over uh, maybe uh, Jimmy Graham. Or, well, he's already done that. Eddie Lacy. Uh, but as far as wide receivers, I'd go uh, Callen one, uh, Demarius two, and then Des, and then AJ. Okay, I'm I'm seeing Demarius again. I just wanted to let everybody know that in the FF Toolbox rankings, Demarius is climbing in the box score rankings, uh, challenging Calvin. Another wide receiver that's rising is Des Bryant. They're closing the gap. Uh, so I can't fault anybody. I saw it in a main event draft the other night. Somebody took Des Bryant as the number one selection overall. And look, if you draw the one pick, you can't fault anybody for you taking the guy that you want to take because the bottom line is it's your choice, and, you, and you're not going to get any of those yeah. guys. So if there's a guy in the first round that you like, I don't care what pick he normally goes. If you want Des Bryant, go get Des Bryant. If you want A.J. Green, go get A.J. Green. If you want uh, Demarius, I think Demarius is worthy of a number one pick. And I'll even throw out another running back, that, and you brought him up, Eddie Lacy. Eddie Lacy could yep. be the number one running back at the end of this year, period. There's a lot of guys yep. that have not warmed up to Eddie Lacy because of his size and because uh, of the way he runs and his past injury history. But I'll tell you this. If there's any back in the league that could challenge uh, for the number one spot in number of carries, it's Eddie Lacy. He could challenge for the top, the number of total of touchdowns. Eddie Lacy. Uh, and he's nah. a guy that catches a, a reasonable amount of balls. Look, he had 11 touchdowns last year, Mike. So wh- how many other backs How many other backs are going to be 11 touchdown type of backs? Not that uh, many. Jamal Charles. No, there, there won't be that many, but uh, Jamal Charles will definitely be one of them. Yeah, well, he had 12 last year, you know. I mean, in his other years, can I read you his touchdowns real quick? 5 0 Five zero five seven zero. So again, it's not like he's a, a touchdown monster. He had his best touchdown year he's ever had. I wouldn't expect him to have his another best touchdown year. That's just not how the numbers I, usually work, right? So I don't. I, I honestly, I I love Eddie Lacy, and I would love to get him in a uh, good slot, but I do not expect him uh, to put up numbers like we're thinking. Well, let's look at another guy, LaShawn McCoy. Four touchdowns in his first four, nine, 25, and 11. 
Those are the total touchdowns that he had. A big 20-touchdown year, but last year in the Chip Kelly offense, playing 16 games, he had 11. So, you know, again, I, I, I'm just making the point that Eddie Lacy can lead the league in carries, and he can lead the league in touchdowns. He could be the number one running back. So don't don't be afraid to step well, out there and take the guy that you want from the from the number one no. pick. Well, I would I take Lacy. I would take Lacy over what, Charles. I think this year. What What I'm seeing right now is panic mode. I'm seeing a lot of people that want to take these running backs so fast. Uh, McCoy, Charles, Peterson, Forte, uh, Eddie Lacy. Uh, gosh, go down the line. Marshawn Lynch, Geo, Monte Ball. Panic mode. Get them. Get a running back, and then secure other things bottom line is guys you need points and these guys some of them will give you points some of the time but not all the time are you can you go to can you go to the bank with matt forte yeah yeah you can yep you you definitely can and and again i i want to get in in, we've only had 15 minutes left in the show it's been a great show just to, to to really break down the the science and the mind of your draft when you're on the clock because that's what's what's so important. I went into this year in this off season saying Andre Ellington is my is one of the best, you know, young backs in the league and if he and, and they didn't do anything in the off season to make me think otherwise. They didn't go after a big right. free agent name. They still have Stefan Taylor and Jonathan Dwyer in the backfield. This guy's gonna get a lot of work and he's explosive. That's what I want on my team. I want explosive guys when I'm picking in the early rounds. The question you have to ask yourself is when you're not in a position to take the guy, do you take him anyway? Or do you take a guy that's on your list that you're like, you know, okay, I'm going to take this guy because he's, um, you know, he, he's good. Um, Alshon Jeffrey, he's great. Are you high on Alshon Jeffrey? Keenan Allen, he's great. Are you right. high on Keenan Allen? If all three of those guys are there, I don't want you to feel in any way threatened or intimidated by anybody or what somebody's going to think of your pick. Don't think about what others are going to think of your pick. Doesn't Take matter. the guy that makes sense in that round. If you if you can tell to yourself with a straight face that Andre Ellington will not be there at my next pick, I'm fine with you taking Andre Ellington and taking a stand. Yeah, I, I totally agree, Scott. It doesn't matter what the person to the left or to your right thinks. You know, you, you have a draft slot, you're building, you're constructing your own team, and Build it and construct it the way you want. Yep. Uh, let's look at some other guys I will not draft this year, Mike. I will not draft Arian Foster, no matter how far he falls. Uh, not a guy that I have any interest in. I will not be drafting Frank Gore. Not a guy that I have interest in. Uh, those are a couple of guys up in the early spot. Yeah. Uh, another guy in the spot. I will not draft Wes Welker. Doesn't matter where, yep. it, how far he falls. I just, I just really, for me, I won't be taking that risk on Wes Welker. A couple of guys that may, that you may say, Scott, I wouldn't draft, but you know I, that I would. I would draft Eric Decker. I'm warming up to Eric Decker, no, and I'll tell you no, why. I, I'll Bob, tell you why. Go ahead. I'll tell you why. And it has nothing to do with uh, the putrid uh, Jets quarterback play. Uh, but he has done it with very bad quarterbacks in the past, and Geno's probably better than the ones that he's done it with before. Uh, and he'll be—it's just somebody like when you play in as many leagues as I do, I kind of like to have exposure to all the guys that could still that that are still pretty good players. And if I can get Eric Decker as my wide receiver four, you know, in the in the sixth round, 
I'm okay with that. All right, I'm not. It's not a guy that I'm targeting, but I like to have at least some exposure to a guy like Eric Decker uh, on my fantasy drafts. Another guy that's that that I've been high on all year is Kelvin Benjamin. Have you been watching him from a physical yes. standpoint? Did you watch what he did to Darrell Revis? Did you see how he made yep. Revis look kind of silly on the field? Like, Darrell Revis, you can't do anything about me. When I want to get the ball, I'm going to get it, and you can't do anything about it. I like that in him, dude. I like that. So I don't see any okay, reason wow. why Kelvin Benjamin won't lead that team in catches and in touchdowns. Well, he very he very well could. And uh, he's very athletic, and uh, he's got a ton of uh, – some things he can get done. Uh, there's uh, there's a couple di- couple guys I will not draft. Okay. If you don't mind. Uh, yeah. One of them is Eric Decker. I will okay. not draft Eric Decker because of Geno. I just simply I, uh, I simply I can't do it. Uh, another guy I will not draft is Le'Veon Bell. No. I'm just. I, I, nope, I will not draft him. There's no way, no way, no way, no way. Well, man, uh, and, I tell you what, uh, look, there, there, nothing has happened to that guy yet. It's it, it, Matter of fact, nothing has changed at all on the field. This guy was being taken at the end of the first, middle of the second, and now all of a sudden he's falling to the third and end of the third. Do you tell me because he made a bad decision? Is, is, no, I mean, no, are, it's are, not it. No, it's not. It's not because of the bad decisions, Scott. It's because of the fact that I had to look deep inside of that offense, and I'm thinking, "Wow!" Against Cincinnati's defense, against Baltimore, I'm like, the more I got to thinking about it, he's not going to be that impactful. Oh, he is going oh, to be. I think, I think you're. I think you're totally wrong on this one, bro. I don't want you to steer these fans that way. Come on, there's people that don't know who you are, and you're telling them not to take oh, Bell in draft. Look, well, it's the Pittsburgh Steelers and Todd Haley and Mike Thomas. Todd Haley knows how to use Roethlisberger now, and they use Le'Veon Bell out of the backfield. 45 receptions last year, 240 carries in 13 games. Let me tell you something. Two wor- uh, uh, four words for you. Blunt is a backup. Blunt is a backup. That's all he is. He is not competition for Bell. Well, no, I'm not. I'm not worried about competition. I just, I got a funny feeling. Well, maybe I'm just being off the charts here, but uh, I just do not care for Le'Veon Bell and and the draft spot that he's been uh, uh, situated in. I mean, wow. you know, no, you're talking. It's, it's, it's only getting. It's, it's it's a much sweeter situation for Bell, though. He was being drafted in the early second. Now he's being taken in the late third. You can't ask for a better draft uh, pick than that. I mean, at that point in the draft, I mean, he was somebody we were considering over Geo and Demarco and and Ball. And now because of this arrest, this team this team will like be lucky to win. Scott, this team will be lucky to win eight games this year. All right. Well, you know what? I like Pittsburgh this year. I think you're totally wrong on Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is my sleeper team of that division. I say they win that division. And I think that Ben Roethlisberger's numbers last year are, you know, and very likely were his best numbers. I think they get even better this year. I think they get even better than 4,228 touchdowns. Todd Haley now knows what to do with Roethlisberger. Well, I disagree with you on that, but we'll, we'll see what develops. Well, let's look, at, let's look at a couple other guys. We have nine minutes left in the program. There are a few other guys that I want to mention. Kenny Stills, everybody's scared to death off of Kenny Stills right now, and, and for, for good me. reason. We still, we still don't understand um, how bad 
you know, these injuries uh, to Stills are going to keep him out. He's still uh, one of these guys, though, that as a, as a number two for New Orleans, I mean, come on. You know, this, this leg injury that he has, what, what, what kind of an injury is it? It has in the chat. Chaz always knows. It's a quad injury. He re-aggravated the quad. He's been dealing with this thing for a while now. And, but, again, he's the number two very likely. I know they're talking about Cooks, you know, and everything like that, and, and Cooks will be used a lot. But still, the value that you're getting with Kenny Stills, I mean, look, he went in the ninth round in a 14-teamer last night. He's falling too far. <laughs> he's falling too far. Another guy that I'm kind of warming up to that should be rising up your boards ever so slightly is Steve Smith Sr. You've got to throw that senior on Steve Smith now. Steve Smith Sr. Yeah. Uh, is now a mature individual, a man as a father, an elder statesman in the league So with the Baltimore Ravens. Once you reach the Baltimore Ravens, uh, you now become the Ray Lewis kind of statesman of the league, right? Steve Smith Sr. as a, as a Raven is a changed man and is somebody that could be your wide receiver for this year on an off-again, on-again basis. So I don't no mind Steve Smith way. as much anymore in the right spot uh, in later in the draft. There are other guys there that you're considering, right? You're considering Steve Smith in a gaggle of guys like um, Danny Amendola, Tavon Austin, Kenny Stills, Aaron Dobson, Marquise Lee. There's some good names there. Uh, the one name I kind of like that I didn't mention yeah. there is Jarrett Boykin. Jarrett Boykin. People are yeah, grabbing him getting, he, in the 9th, he, he, he's the 10th, talk, and 11th rounds. And, and you're going to be able to get a, a guy who not only will be able to, with an injury, step into a primetime role for Aaron Rodgers, right? They've, but, but as a number three, we've seen what the number three wide receiver in Green Bay does. He's going to keep Devontae Adams from doing much right now. Boykin is good yeah. enough to keep Adams and hold him off while they are able to use the three wide receiver sets that they always have. I think Boykin well, is the sleeper that – Every, that everybody should be targeting as your wide receiver for, if you, if you don't have you one. You know, yet. Scott. Yeah, I totally agree. I've been uh, I've been on him uh, from from the day one. Uh, you got to remember when Randall Cobb went down at the beginning of last year. Who stepped in? Who was the guy? Jared Boykin. Jared Boykin. Jared Boykin was was the man. So uh, just because Randall Cobb is in there, that doesn't mean that Jared Boykin has gone away. So, I remember you. I, mean, I remember you won, a, uh, you won a lot of money with James Jones in that offense, and so Boykin's going to step into that role. Yeah, and there yeah, was, same remember, time remember, remember James Jones in that role in that offense with Jordy and with Kyle. I mean, look, he sometimes he was the number one receiver for that week, and that's how Rogers rolls, right? You can yeah. easily plug in a guy like Boykin. So the fact that he's going that late. Big mistake for drafters. Take advantage of it. That's why you're tuning exactly. in the podcast. You're trying to tune up your ADP and put the little star next to the guys that you're going to be drafting this weekend. Put a star by Jared Boykin. Deep, deep plug in your draft. Plug in the guy. Who are some other guys, I mean, Mike? Who's another guy that you like? I mean, Devontae Freeman? You like Devontae Freeman? I love Devontae Freeman because, uh, let's face it, uh, Steven Jackson, you know, who knows what you got. But the one thing I don't like about Devontae Freeman, he's not a goal line guy. No, you're right. You're right. Is everybody has everybody written off Jaquiz Rogers? Ian was asking me this the other day. Has yeah, everybody has everybody written have. off Jaquiz Rogers just as as a, any as any kind of contributions at all? Here's another guy that sh- that that you should at least pick up. It's not somebody that's going to blow your socks off or anything like that. But again, when you're talking What's about the, high stakes leagues, you need to have no. guys that you can plug into your lineup. Brian Hartline 
is a guy you can plug into your lineup on a bye week or an injury, and he can get you the points. He's very underrated, and people just don't like drafting him. That's what you're supposed to do in high-stakes fantasy. You're supposed to get out the value net and take a guy. When everybody else is taking chances on complete no-names, you're supposed to get out the net and take the value. And so Heartline yeah. is one of those guys that you can take for value. Yeah, I'm looking at uh, some value uh, right here. Uh, Marcus Wheaton, I mean, possibly. I'm not – like I said, I'm not big on Pittsburgh, but uh, – you know, that's a guy that uh, could be some value. Uh, I don't know. I like I like Wheaton. I think there's definitely a place for him in that range. I, I, I especially like the fact of any player. Let's just take Wheaton and give him Emmanuel Sanders' stats. By the way, I'm totally infatuated with Emmanuel Sanders right now. The, 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 that, the one game, uh, even though you know, I'm kind of sad that it happened, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't specifically targeting Sanders that high, but just watching that game just made me realize how much I was probably underrating Sanders. I think we're all being a little too hard on Sanders because if you just take Decker's numbers that he had last year and you say, where are those balls going to go? Uh, they, you know, Obviously, Peyton's not going to be as good, but Decker put up 87 for 1288 and 11 last year. 87 for 1288 and 11. And Sanders, if there's anything that happens to Welker, that, that type of upside is still there for Emmanuel Sanders. If you come back on those numbers a little bit, you're still looking at 75 catches. I mean, that's a good, that's a great receiver to get where he's going. Now, he's, his stock's going up a yep. little bit now. You have to be prepared to take him in the fourth round. Matter of fact, we saw him in Kentucky going in the third. Yeah. Wow. Uh, I got one, uh, one real quick. Uh, one wide receiver, you know, he's, he's never made much but uh, of an impact on fantasy football, but Doug Baldwin. Give give me your thoughts real quick, Scott. Uh, I like the player. I hate the offense. If Russell Wilson were, were allowed to to uh, open up the offense a little bit, uh, then I then I would like him a whole lot more. You know, Russell Wilson uh, throwing for thirty three hundred yards last year, twenty six touchdowns. You know, it's a good offense, just, but you're talking about a you're you're missing out on another thousand yards of receiving. So that's why I would take a Marcus Wheaton because there's another thousand yards to go around in go. an offense there like Pittsburgh. And then you've got you know you've got Percy Harvin who's never had a thousand yard uh, season in his career, and Seattle hasn't produced a thousand yard receiver I think in that uh, in that um, Pete Carroll era. So. I'm still waiting on that. I like Doug Baldwin. I like Jermaine Curse. I like these guys as sleepers because Percy Harvin could miss time, right? Is that what you're getting at? That's what I'm getting at, exactly. Yeah. And I, and I want to give a shout-out to this stat in the chat room, by the way. Get Paddle, Greg Diesler. He says, wide receiver, A, 75 catches, 943 yards, five touchdowns, ADP of pick 70. Wide receiver, B, 76 catches. 1,016 yards and four touchdowns, ADP of 135. Wide receiver, or player A was Marquez Colston, player B was Brian Hartline. So see, it just tells you, look, Hartline outperformed the guy. He's getting drafted 65 spots later. Uh, Wow. It it is interesting. There's guys (laughs) out there that are hitting gems. So what can you take away from tonight? Uh, We talked about Hartline. We talked about DeAndre Hopkins. We talked about Fitzgerald over Floyd when push comes to shove. And, uh, look, guys, just follow your gut. This is your awesome moment. Man. Make sure you take advantage of it on the weekend. Mike, I, I, I know you're not going to Vegas, but you will be with us in spirit, my man. Yes, man. You, you got it, Scott. Man, I, you know, I'm just, I can't wait to hear a lot of shows. And, uh, 
uh, get your feedback, man. Love you, man. Thanks, everybody, for being here on Red vs. Blue. We'll see you in Vegas. You've been listening to Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. With your hosts, Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Please join us next time. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.